Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. We'd sent Jerry Westerby into Cambodia, ostensibly to cover the Civil War. His cover obliged him to wire stories back to his paper, dispatches from the war zone, the usual horror and futility to entertain the breakfast tables of Surrey. In London, the Foreign Office had sat up and was suddenly taking an interest. So, Drake Ko, a respectable Chinese businessman in Hong Kong... He is suspected of being a drug smuggler, sir. Even so, he's received at Government House and has an OBE. Neither an absolute guarantee of honesty. <laughs> now, you, Smiley, you believe Drake Ko has a brother named Nelson who's highly placed in the Chinese government but is, in fact, a Russian mole. You hope to provoke Drake Ko into smuggling Nelson out of China, capture him, and garner for ourselves the wealth of intelligence of which he is the repository. Hmm? Yes. Yes? Huh. Is that all you have to say? Reports will be made in due course. If all this is so pressing, why haven't you told the cousins what you're up to? It's a covert operation. Proceeding satisfactorily, and it falls within the remit your committee gave the circus, gave exclusively to the circus. We don't need to tell the Americans any more than we already have. Which is? That we're investigating Drake Co. There's no need for them to know about Nelson Co. at this stage. Smiley, this is madness. The cousins may not control Hong Kong, but they've got everything else in Southeast Asia. Now go to Martello today, make a clean breast of it, ask them to take over. Back me up, Oliver. You're making your pitch very clearly, I'd say. If we let the cousins intercept Nelson, they'd pick up the bill. They can claim the credit in Washington. <laughs> Given the fiasco in Vietnam, it would restore the world's confidence. And they'd be so damn grateful we'd have an indissoluble intelligence partnership for years to come. Thank you for your advice. That means you're not going to take it, doesn't it? You don't trust Enderby, do you? He's a senior member of Her Majesty's government. Good, didn't think so. He and Martello are quite chummy, you know. Molly Meekin told me. Pillow talk, actually. Uh-huh. Congratulations, Peter. Early days. Both their sprogs go to the Lycée in South Kent. The dads go fishing together at weekends. Enderby has a bit of water in Scotland. Martello supplies the plane, Enderby the fish. And Saul's new wife is American, isn't she? Thank you, Peter. How much longer do we have before the Cousins' drug enforcement people swoop in on Kerr? Less than before, but still enough. All right. A couple of days later, we got our first signal from Westerby. He was in Cambodia to find a half-Chinese pilot called Charlie Marshall. Jerry ran him down in an opium den in Batambang. Marshall was onto his fourth or fifth pipe, way short of his usual nightly intake. So Jerry walked him down to the river's edge and sat on him. And I don't mean metaphorically. Show me why you do that! As the cravings got worse and the itch kicked in, Charlie Marshall sweated and begged and cringed, clutching onto Jerry as if he were the last raft on his lonely sea. My father, big man, hear me. A general when the me tanging up in the hills, he hate me pretty bad, okay? You got a father? Yes, Charlie. And in some ways, he was a general, too. Okay, okay. Okay. There was me, Ricardo, and his girl, Lizzie. She's some woman, Lizzie. You know what it's like to love? Really to love? 
A crazy, round-eyed hooker who you know you'll never have, not even for a night. Lizzie was Ricardo's girl. We all lived together in a stinking flea hut on the edge of town. Man, we were poor. Only money we had that crazy Lizzie. She made trips to Hong Kong for Melon. Melon. English trader. Creepy guy. Nobody knew what he did. People were scared of him. Melon said he could get Lizzie into the big-time heroin trail. But Lizzie lousy up. Talk too much. Tell everybody she's queen of England, some great spook lady. Melon get very, very mad. He throw her out right on her ass. Rick got pretty mad, too. He smashed her up real bad. Charlie have to take her to the doctor in the middle of the damn night. Cuts on her chin, one each side, bad scars. I've seen them, sport. Cannot talk no more. Another pipe? Afterwards. Please. Tell me the story, Sport. Sad story. Sad, sad story. Marvellous. Bring a tear to my eye. My father got a friend, Drake Cole. They fight some lousy war together in Shanghai about 200 years ago, okay? Mr. Cole have a controlling interest in a certain aviation company named of Indochartha. I go work for them. They pay Lizzie 20 bucks a week to sit at the front office and sweet-mouth the clients. I fly opium for my father. We all make good money, which we give to Rick to waste on his crazy schemes. Then one day, Tew turn up. Very scary gorilla. He say... How you like to fly a certain unconventional journey for me once? Fly into China, very discreet. Drop off some opium, bring something back. Earn yourself not less than maybe 5,000 bucks for one day's work. Mr. Tu, I tell him, without in any way prejudicing my negotiating position, for 5,000 bucks US in my present serene mood, I go down to hell and I bring you the devil balls back. <laughs> I don't tell Rick, I don't tell Lizzie. I do tell my father next time I see him and my father goes mad and forbid it. So you passed the deal to Rick. You told Chu, sorry, but try Ricardo. Ricardo, owe money, owe the whole world. People pretty angry with Rick. Mr. Tu give him job with Indochartha, buys up his debt, give him salary. As long as he fly this mission, that's the deal, and Drake Cole don't never break a deal, he said. But Ricardo didn't fly the mission, Charlie. Hey, man. Hmm? Let me go. I see. I'm very sick now. I completely bear, for Christ's sake. Je beam, hear me. Nearly there, Charlie, nearly there. Why you mess with Tu and Mr. Cole? They're good guys, hear me? Believe me, you screw any more out of me, they will kill you very completely. Maybe they will, Sport. So why didn't they kill Ricardo when he chickened out of the mission? How come Ricardo's still alive? Don't make me tell, please. <laughs> no! Stop, you pray my arm! Why didn't you kill him? Lizzie! Oh. She got personally to Draco herself. On a very private basis, she said to him... Mr. Cole, you gotta take the heat off Rick. She loved Rick, you see? Really love him. And then I don't see her no more. But Rick's alive. He live in the jungle like a monkey. I know where, I tell you. That's right, old man. 
You tell Uncle Jerry, and Uncle Jerry will light you a pipe, oh. a big juicy pipe, so you can float away yes. and dream a dream of lovely Lizzie with her deep blue eyes and her long blonde hair. Long blonde hair. And imagine she's yours, all yours, forever and a day till the end of time. told Jerry to hole up in Saigon and await instructions. Two days later, Charlie Marshall called Tew and told him all about Jerry's visit. We knew that because the cousins had tapped Tew's phones for us. We expected Ko to make a move then to sense that the net was closing, but nothing happened. You're sitting on your hands. I gave you advice and you have resolutely ignored it. The tree has been shaken. We cannot predict when the fruit will fall. Talk to Martello. I will not be hustled into some dramatic gesture. What are you going to do? My charter, which both your departments signed, gives me the right to refuse to enter into any discussion of operational detail except where issues of protocol or local mandate demand. Oh, come on, George. Shut up and go away. Is that what you're saying to me? You must interpret me as you think fit. George stuck to his guns. For a month, nothing happened. Then, out of the blue, Drake Coe took to the water. He spent three days on his launch, touring Hong Kong's outlying islands. Every night, he returned at sunset. On the fourth day, night fell, and there was no sign of the boat. Martello said we should have helicopter surveillance. Now, what if Coe's gone, Smiley? <laughs> what if he's sailed off into Chinese waters, gone to join his brother, never to be seen again? It'll be your damn fault if he pops up in Peking, yelling about Secret Service persecution. But the next morning, the launch pulled in and Co disembarked, accompanied by Lizzie Worthington, her blonde hair trailing in the sunlight like something out of a shampoo commercial. Well, thank the Lord. The dragon returns with the fair damsel in tow. But, much as it pains me to sound like Enderby, we're no further on. I think the time has come to let Jerry Westby find Ricardo. Pretty wild out there. Jerry's tough. Drake wanted Ricardo to fly into China and bring out Nelson, or so we believe. What else can Ricardo tell Jerry? It doesn't matter a great deal what Ricardo tells Jerry. The fact that Jerry's there asking questions will prove to Co that he must act without delay. You hope. Send the signal, Peter. Jerry's only an occasional George. Don't forget that. Uh, he understands the responsibility. It's time to let the Americans know about Nelson, Con. To share the intelligence as our charter commands. And contact Sam Collins, will you? It's time he went in too. Jerry flew to Vientiane. He bought himself a gun, which was against the rules, but he wasn't prepared to go into the jungle without one. He took a room at the Constellation. Sometime that night, in Hong Kong, Lizzie Worthington was woken from her beauty sleep. Hello? Hello? Who's calling, please? I wanted to hear your voice. Who is this? Who's calling? Next day, Jerry crossed the Mekong into Northeast Thailand. Speak English. Sure. I need a car to go up country. You need insurance? Extra. Give me cash. I buy insurance. Twenty dollars. Ten. Okay. 
This very bad country here. Lot of commies. What's your name? Mickey. That's not your real name. You don't can say my real name. <laughs> Fair enough, sport. Half a day they drove, north and east, through more than one burnt-out village. There was gunfire in the jungle all around. In the end, they came to the place Charlie Marshall had spoken of, a house on stilts with a balcony all around it and a couple of Thai girls under it. One of them was feeding her baby, while the other stirred a stockpot. One more step and I blow your balls off! I'd prefer you didn't, Sport. My name's Westerby. You can call me Jerry. I'm a poor journalist with expensive ideas. Nice pig. What do you want? I've got a business proposition. What proposition? Let me come up. I don't want to shout about it. Nobody but me to hear. Please yourself. I want to blackmail Drake Coe. I reckon between us we could sting him for a couple of million bucks and you could buy your freedom. Each. Two for you, two for me. With my brains, your information, and Lizzie Worthington's figure, I reckon it's a dead cert. Can I come up? Okay. Take off your jacket. I'm gonna frisk you. Be my guest. Where is this place? Gun museum? Play tennis? I very much like tennis. I'm an extremely good player. I always win. Here, unfortunately, I have very little opportunity. You do exercises, huh? Weightlifting? Just the odd bottle. Yeah. I ride horses, box, shoot. I got degrees. I fly an aeroplane. I know a lot of things about life. I'm very intelligent. But owing to unforeseen circumstances, I'm here. I hide in the jungle like a monkey. That what you call a paranoid, Westerby? Hmm? Someone who thinks everybody is his enemy? I rather think it is. Well, this paranoid got real enemies. <laughs> I must tell you honestly that I regard your business proposition as crap. You want a drink? No, thanks, Paul. Oh. You upset my friend Charlie, you know that? Making him go cold turkey. It'd take a long time to recover. They say you've even been rude to Mr. Cole. Took my little Lizzie out to dinner. Is that true? I took her out to dinner. You screw her? A gentleman doesn't kiss and tell, Sport. Oh. I forgive her, okay? You see Lizzie again, you tell her I, Ricardo, forgive her. Those scars on her chin you gave her, they've healed nicely. What? I thought you'd like to know. <laughs> Outline to me your, your business proposition. Chu came to you on Ko's behalf. Wanted you to fly opium into mainland China, pick something up in return. I know what it was you were supposed to bring back. Co won't want my paper to know. He'll pay to keep it quiet. We'll make a contract. From what I hear, Co's a very legal-minded man. Co makes a deal, he sticks to it, yeah. But you broke your deal. How come you're still alive? I'm special. It was Lizzie, wasn't it? 
She went to Co. She sold herself for you. I got scared, Westerby. I thought of what would happen if the Chinese caught me in their airspace. Huh? The, the, the wooden cage. No place to stand or sit or lie or sleep. Chains, no women. Extremely lousy food. I get close to the China border and I turn south. I know places to hide. Believe me. What was I supposed to bring back? Listen, sport. It goes like this. So Jerry laid out his stall, and Ricardo took the bait, or seemed to. When he left, Jerry checked the car, the undercarriage, under the bonnet, all the places it's quick and easy to fit plastic explosive. Then Mickey and Jerry drove out of there, and Ricardo waved them off. Ricardo, fine man. He get pretty good time in there. Girls, whiskey. Pull in, Mickey. Stop the car. Here? Right here. Okay. You say so. What? Is the petrol gauge accurate? Accurate? Petrol. Gas. Uh, uh, full or half full or three quarters. Has it been reading right on the journey? Sure. When we arrived at the burnt village, Mickey, you had half full gas. You still have half full gas. Sure. You put any in from a can? You, um, you fill car? No. Get out. What's the problem? I said out! This way. Quick! Ow. Dig yourself in. Come on. Why for? How long since we left the hut? Fifteen minutes? Twenty? Twenty, sure. He must have used thick bands. I not understand. It's a favourite of the Viet Cong. You take the pin out of a grenade, put an elastic band over the spring, and you drop the grenade into the petrol tank. The petrol eats its way through the rubber band, and then... Kaboom? That's right, sport. My car blow up? I think so. I'm sorry, Mickey. Why sorry? I get insurance. I get plenty insurance. <laughs> Boom. You all right? Yeah. Okay. What we do now? We walk, sport. Congratulations, George. Well, congratulations. At seven this morning, Hong Kong time, Chu telephoned Drake Co. at Lizzie Worthington's apartment. They know Jerry went to Ricardo. They know Nelson's cover is blown. <laughs> Three hours later, Chu was on a plane to Shanghai. Where Nelson is based. Co. has cancelled all engagements and is holed up in his house. It's movement, finally. George's careful footwork has been vindicated. I am dazzled, George. This is wonderful. <laughs> Whose fingers on the trigger? Yours, George? Still? After all, it's old Marty here who's providing the artillery, isn't it? George is on the bridge, Saul. We're just well, there to stoke the engines. You comfortable with that, George? Bit like wearing someone else's dinner jacket, I'd have thought. The letter of agreement setting all this out has long since been on fire. George, we... Who's handling the safe houses and the debriefing, all right? We've rented a cottage in Suffolk and are preparing it now. 
De Salis will be responsible for the Chinese aspects of the debriefing and our Soviet research section for the Russian side. That arthritic Dong woman. It is Connie and De Salis between them who have brought the case this far. Uh, George, I won't have that. I want you to know, Saul, that I mm. regard this case as a personal triumph for George here and for George alone. And, and you two can see the deal holding up in all contingencies, can you? George and I have a fine working relationship, Saul, just fine. <laughs> it's much tidier, you see, George, much safer if it's an all-yank do. Marty's people make the balls and all they do is apologise to the governor, post a couple of blokes to Walla Walla and promise not to do it again. Much more tricky if we're the naughty boys. I think we must assume, Saul, given the expertise in the room, that nobody will be making a balls. We've set up a base in the underground rooms of the American consulate in Hong Kong. Not just invisible, but deniable as well. Our flight's at 1900 tonight. Heathrow. Gunpowder, treason and plot. Why is Enderby selling you down the river, George? You realise Martello already knew what we'd come to tell him? According to Molly Meakin, Enderby is very fond of backgammon. He plays for very high stakes, regularly too. I wonder if he frequents any of the casinos. Sam Collins' place, maybe? What was all that business with Sam? Rejoining the circus one minute, then on his way again the next? Didn't it strike you as odd? George? Before we leave for Hong Kong, I want to write a note to Jerry Westerby to be given to him on his return. Just a personal gesture. He really has done well. You want me to drive you somewhere, Mr. Jerry? Fine as I am, Mickey. Hand me another beer, have one yourself. You want more? I get. It's okay. I won't be needing you much longer, Mickey. You give me big dip. Big dip. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, maybe I will. Where you go? Live here? Go where? Hell in a handbasket. No understand. <laughs> you got a girl, Mickey? Sure. Special girl. All girls special. I've got a special girl. She doesn't know it yet. Secret? <laughs> mm. Secret, yes. Long blonde hair, blue eyes. Drake Coe's caged bird. Charlie Marshall's goddess. Ricardo's punch bag and Sam Collins. What? What's his interest? She never had a chance, Mickey. You drunk, Mr. Jerry? Crazy. <laughs> She's my kind of loser. Oh, you English crazy. Problem is, sport, if I go back to London now, if I obey orders, I leave my girl sitting on a very large bomb. And I don't think I can do that. Welcome to Hong Kong, gentlemen. You're to regard this whole setup as your show, George. From soup to nuts. You'll remember Murphy. Good day, sir. Yes, yes, thank you. Now, this is Fawn. You may not have met. He looks after George. I see. We have charts here. 
Now, my understanding, George, is that this is to be an exact repetition of Drake's own journey out of China in 1951. We can count on that, can we? What? Oh, yes, yes, indeed, indeed, you may. How do we know that? Nelson will be on one of the fishing trunks. We don't know which one. It will drop behind its fellows and deposit Nelson on one of the outlying islands within the colony. Hotoy, we think. Where did this information come from? Sir, based on the last occasion Drake Co. exited Red China, sir, and updating our assessment to the situation as of now, we and Navy Int between us, sir... Murphy, Murphy, loosen your girdle a little, son. This isn't training college anymore, okay? Sir... Assuming the coastal fleet to have exited Swadow on the night of Friday, April 25th... Why do we assume that, Murphy? Because that's when the fleet exited Swadow, sir. We had confirmation from Navy Inn one hour ago. Oh, you're a clever boy, Murphy, but you should have given me that information a little earlier. Yes, sir. Assuming that, the intention of the junk contained in Nelson Cole is to hit Hong Kong waters on the night of May 4th. But how do we know this is their plan? Yes, that seems likely. It coincides with the annual festival. Tin Hao, the goddess of the sea. George, these people really believe that crap? Everyone has a right to their religion, sir. They teach you that at training college too, Murphy? The festival will be a distraction and make it easier for Nelson's junk to spit away from the rest of the fishing fleet. What would be its cover for entering Hong Kong waters? Happens all the time, sir. Red Chinese junk fleets operate a collective catch system without profit motivation, sir. Consequence of that, single junks break away at night time and come in without lights and sell their fish to the out-islanders for money. Moonlighting, huh? Hmm. I expect Nelson's junk to carry three navigation lights, two green lights vertically on the stern mast and one red light to starboard. It seems Jerry Westerby got himself back into Hong Kong without going through any of the formal channels. He was reluctant to go to his flat. As far as he knew, American Luke was still staying there, and Jerry didn't want anyone to know he was back. But his clothes stank, and he needed the dollars he'd stashed beneath the second floorboard from the door. Luke? Are you here, Luke Hillsport? I know you're a tough guy and all that, but does it ever occur to you to do the washing up? God, there's flies as fat as... Oh, Luke. Oh, God, I'm sorry, sport. Hello? Molly Meekin's pining, darling. I thought you'd like to know. Hello, Connie. Probably nothing to worry about, but Jerry Westerby's drifted off the radar, vanished in a puff of smoke. I'll tell George, thanks. How is George? I've no idea. He's not telling me anything. Something's going on, Connie. He slips away at odd hours. Don't know what he's mooning about. Um, Carla. I don't think I know him at all. Never have. Ours not to reason why, Peterkin. What's Co up to? According to the last report, sitting on his boat in the harbour, him and two just sitting on deck, staring out to sea. Like a latter-day Jay Gadsby, my dear, gurning at the light at the end of the blasted pier, or whatever the ninny did. Take care of George, Peter. Good night. Night. Peter. 
You've been there all the time, sitting in the dark. I find the darkness conducive to thought. So you heard? Yes. You're quite right, I have been secretive. And I think it's time you learned the source of our detailed information. Will you drive? Mm, where are we going? The mid-levels, Burn Road. It's where Sam Collins has his apartment. Sam Collins? Yes, Peter. <laughs> he never left the circus, did he? He's been working for us all this time. It was on a strictly need-to-know basis, Peter. Mm -hmm. Now I need to know, do I? Yes. I'm sorry. All right, all right, honestly. What do you... Not a word. Jerry, do you mind telling me what... Is he here? Who? Santa Claus, who do you think? Are you drunk? Nobody's here but me, so you don't need the gun. Did you know? Know what? That Tew was going to kill me. He did, too. He shot me through the head. Oh, you are. You're drunk. Only it wasn't me. It was Luke. Did you know? What the hell is this about, Jerry? I love you. Oh, God. I'm going to have a drink. Do you want one? Where's Co? You tell me. Do you often not know? This is the first time he's cut himself off. Can you ring him? Oh, any time. Wife number one and me get on just great, didn't you know? I saw Ricardo and Charlie. We had a full and frank exchange of views. Great, so now you're family. They told me about Melon. Said you carried dope for him. What the hell do you want, Jerry? You. For keeps, I told you. Go away! When did you last hear from Co? <sighs> a week. What did he say? He has things to arrange. What things? Oh, for God's sake, stop asking questions. The whole sodding world is asking questions, so just don't join the queue, right? I'm sorry. You're in as bad a state as I am, aren't you? I represent myself, Lizzie. No connection with any other firm. I'm free and willing. It's just that a friend of mine was killed. I don't know anything about that. I'm glad. This co-thing is not going to work out well. I thought you might like a leg out of it all. That's why I came back, my Galahad act. How about it? You'd better answer. Hello? No, I didn't go to the party. Tell him you must see him. Yes. All right. Yes. Tell him. I must see you. Tell him you love him. Say whatever you say. I love you. He was phoning from the lobby. He's coming up. And damn you! Does he know I'm here? He didn't say. Is he alone? Does he carry a gun? He doesn't wear it in bed, if that's what you mean. Do you have rules about letting people in, you two? Does he insist you check the peephole before you open up? He'll ring the doorbell twice, then he'll use his key. You play music when you're alone? Put something on now. I am not in the mood for music. When he comes in, smile. Don't shout. Go to hell! Oh! I've got it for him. Collins! You should have known, Westerby. First principles, sunshine. Of course her apartment's bugged. You're a disgrace to the bloody circus. That's a little harsh, Sam. Jerry's done good work. I wonder, Lizzie, do you have a towel or a napkin? It would be a shame to get blood in your upholstery. Let Jerry go, Fawn. George, 
It will take you a moment to get your breath back. Fawn did hit you rather hard. You might say so. So you do still work for the circus, Sam. Craw swore blind you didn't. You nearly messed everything up, Westerby, that day you interrupted me with Lizzie. And I was being so discreet. What did you do to her? Only what I had to. Lizzie. There's something I don't understand, Jerry. What are you doing here, exactly? (laughs) Courting sport. I've developed an unscheduled affection for our hostess there. Sorry about that. You were instructed to return to London. Suppose I had been co. The consequences would have been disastrous. I'll say. I might have ended up like Luke, lying in my flat with my head shot off. Who's Luke? Just a friend. American journalist. A drunk. Two thought he was me, you see. Thought he'd shut me up. Luke? Nobody we know, I don't think. Ring the cousins all the same. Mm. See if he was one of theirs. There's another phone in the bedroom. Put the burn on her, have you, George? About the only thing left in the book that hasn't been done to her. What did Sam promise you, Lizzie? Who's Sam? Oh, that's right. Melon to you. What did he offer? To wipe away your wicked past? Clean slate and all that? Silly girl, Lizzie. Not allowed a past in this game. Can't have a future either for Boaton. That's enough, Jerry. <laughs> it's not complicated, George. Lizzie just got under my skin. No philosophy to it. I appreciate that. I might find it touching under other circumstances. But you don't understand what's going on here. How much you could upset things. Billions of dollars and thousands of men could not obtain a part of what we stand to gain from this one operation. (laughs) No what, old man? I don't really care. Luke doesn't belong to the cousins (laughs) either. He's in your flat? Been there some while. We shall have to brush over the traces, Sam. We can't risk a scandal. Right. And find out about plane tickets, too, first class. You know, I never liked you one bit, Sam. Must be the moustache. <laughs> Did they have powwows up here, Cohen's chums? Sometimes. And you let this lot bug the flat, didn't you? Helped with the mics like the good little housewife? Of course you did. You got it always, you lucky girl. Blackmailed and bugged. Can't you leave her out of it, George? We'll be sending you home at once, Jerry. Gwilym's waiting downstairs with the car. Form will go with you, too. You can tell that poisonous little leprechaun to keep his distance. He's allowed one bite and he's had it. Come on, Jerry. Is he? Some other time, eh? I was a sort of accessory before the fact. I'm sorry about that. I'm not sorry about anything else. Love to Anne, George. Thank you, Jerry. I do apologise, Miss Worth. That must all have been rather unpleasant for you. In the back, both of you. What the hell do you think you're up to, Jerry? Since when did half-assed London occasionals cut anchor in mid-operation? Dear God, my stomach hurts. I might have to throw up. Not in the car. Blame Fawn. He hit me too hard. Get your teeth in myself. Just give me an excuse. How's Drake getting Nelson out? Not by air. Ricardo put the lid on that one. Suction. Hong Kong's not what it used to be. Spare me the nostalgia. Can't you read the mood? Everything's changing. The party's over. Vietnam, Phnom Penh, London. It's like the world's all vanishing sport. We've had it on loan and the creditors are at the door. 
George says the service gives him a chance to pay. But the paying is actually done by the other poor sods. Frosty, Luke, Lizzie. I'll mention that to George one day over a glass. Make a point about the selfless and devoted way in which we sacrifice other people. George will have an answer, I expect. Reasonable, measured, apologetic. Shut up, Jerry. <sighs> Sorry, sport, I am going to be sick. Oh, for heaven's sake. Oh. Just do it, sport, please. It's me or nothing. And believe me, it's a big nothing. Well? What are we waiting for? Come away from the window. I was watching the fireflies. They always make me smile. Yeah. Close the blinds, it's not safe. Are we staying here? I wanted somewhere you don't have to register. Only my mother always said I'd end up in a whorehouse. <laughs> We've got the room for the whole night. I declined their kind offer of another girl to make up the numbers. Sport, are you sober and of sound judgment? Why? I need to ask you things. <sighs> Tell me about Ricardo. It doesn't matter now. To me, it does. Rick was a bastard. Life hadn't been that great, you know. Maybe I was ready to be swept off my feet because he wasn't nice to me. Not nice at all, but it didn't seem to matter. I worshipped him. And then he disappeared. Tew had made all these threats, but I didn't believe he was dead, not Rick. So I packed up my rucksack and came here and barged into China Air Sea. I'm meant to have it out with you, but Drake was there instead. It was quite a meeting. It began with him ordering me out and ended with nature taking its course. Did he hurt you? Drake? Oh, no. It was just another step on Lizzie Worthington's unswerving road to perdition. We put together a very Chinese contract. Commodities transacted were one, Ricardo, and two, his recently retired life partner, Lizzie. 
You sold yourself for him. The things you do for love, eh? <sighs> Having bought his life, I felt free of him. The Chinese arrange marriages every day. Why shouldn't Drake and Lisa? What's all the Lisa stuff? Oh, I don't know. There was a Lisa in Drake's life once, I think. I didn't care. New town, new start, new name. Co had Lizzie Worthington's police record destroyed. Everything was fine. And then, one day, that day you poked your nose in, actually, that sod Mellon marches in and says, if I don't do as he says, he'll get them to rewrite my record with a special mention about me carrying his bloody heroin. He wanted to bug the apartment. He wanted me to help. What could I do, Jerry? Blackmail. It's one of the things we're good at. Mellon said horrible things about me being with Drake, but you know, Drake isn't cruel. He's the first man who's kept his promise to me. He never broke a promise in his life. I want you to tell me everything you told them. When you've done that, I want you to tell me everything they asked you, whether you could answer it or not. Then we'll try to take a little thing called a backbearing and work out what those bastards are up to. Talk to me, George. Some people would say that when you've got a rogue elephant, the best thing to do is shoot him. You have to find him first. And that won't be straightforward. You're as a professional. Hmm. You sure made a professional job of messing up your shoulder. He could lie up for months in a town like this and we wouldn't get a cent of it. Not even with a girl in tow? It's academic. George. Nelson Coe is the biggest catch you or I are ever likely to land. The biggest of my career. And I will stake my wife, my grandmother, and the deeds of my plantation the biggest catch even of yours. Are we going to let Jerry Weatherby rob us of the prize? Westerby. His name is Westerby. We have people waiting with open arms for what Nelson Coe can give them. I don't intend to let them down. Where's Coe now? Still nestled right there on the boat with two in the harbour. We expect him to sail out to Potoy in the morning. Westerby may try to reach him before he leaves. Put more men at the quayside. Hmm. About tomorrow... <laughs> Do you think we might put a little hardware on standby as well? For the time being, if you don't mind, we'll leave the interception plans as they are and the competence with me. Sure, sure, your call. George, can I have a word? Oh, don't mind us. Please be careful, George. All these people want is an excuse to take over. No, Peter, I will not have it. I shall not tolerate your Byzantine notions of a palace plot. These people are our hosts and our allies. We have a written agreement with them. Go to the medic. Away from us. Get him to strap at your shoulder. The pain is making you paranoid. Where the hell have you been? I've been down at the docks since first light. Co-sailed about an hour ago. Don't you ever bloody walk out of me again without warning. I hired a boat. I spoke to a few people. A woman in a sampan told me Drake's going to Potoy for the Tinhau Festival. Potoy? Yes. Why? We went there a few weeks ago. We took a picnic. Drake insisted. We climbed up a hill to an old house, a ruin. I thought it was odd. He never normally walked anywhere. I need you to show me. Well, take the boat. Get your things together. Is it safe? I shouldn't think so, sport. Not for a minute. But we've no choice. You can stay down in the cabin, out of sight. Anything else? Smile and pray. Co and two of Maud in Potoy Harbour. An hour ago. 
And we've just had a report from the harbour police. Westerby and the girl have been sighted. They're in a small cruiser, and they're heading for Potoy as well. What the hell are they up to? We know Nilsson's on that fleet of junks. Why don't we just go ride him with choppers and scoop him off? Murphy, shut up. Uh, but shut right. the hell up! The junk fleet is still in Chinese waters. Maybe we should send people out to Potoy, George. Maybe we ought to do a little interfering, finally. No. Right up to the last minute, Coke can signal his brother not to come ashore. The merest hint of a disturbance on the island could persuade him to do that. What does Westerby want? Was well, this a blackmail thing now? I don't see a category here. This was where Co brought you. I can't see what's special about it. I don't know what you want me to remember. We had a picnic, me and Drake and Chu. Drake tells me Poe Toy's his island. It's where the boat people dumped him when he left China. That's why he comes to the festival every year. Then Chu gets going in Chinese, and I get the feeling he's tearing Drake off a strip for talking too much, but Drake's all excited and little boy and won't listen. Then they go on up. Up? Up there, to the top. The old ways are the best, he says to me. We shall stick to what is proven. They look down the other side, pointed, more looking, more pointing. Then down they came again, and Drake decides we'll spend the night on the boat. Where? Here? Lantau. Oh, but on the way, we did a round of the island. There was a place he wanted to show me, a bit of coast around the other side. The boys had to shine the lights on it. That's where I landed in 51, he said. Then in the night, he whispered to me that he had a brother and he loved him. That was the first time he told you? Yes. His brother's name's Nelson. Did he tell you where he was? <sighs> Bloody question. They're nearly over. Are they? Did you tell Collins this? About the beach? About it being where Co landed? Yes, but I don't see oh, that was what they needed, Lizzie. I'm going to climb up and take a look. I think you should probably get the hell out of here. I'm not leaving you. I'm a big boy. I can take care of myself. Firecrackers. The festival started. Have I hurt Drake? You didn't know what Sam Collins' questions meant. Then tell me. Tell me all of it. Nobody else ever has. Coe's bringing Nelson out of China. Tonight's the night and he's going to land him in that bay, the place he landed in 51. The trouble is, Nelson's a much sought-after character. Lots of people would like a chat with him. And they'll catch him because of me? <sighs> Not really. You were just a small part of it. Both of us were. Go back to the harbour, look for a friendly-looking family, say you've had a row with your boyfriend and can they take you home in their boat. What are you going to do? Remember that bar we went to? I'll pick you up there tomorrow night. Jerry! Tell Drake... I kept faith. It's what he cares about most. I st stuck to the deal. If you see him, tell him... Tell him Lisa stuck to the deal. Sure. Tell him that they made it impossible. They fenced me in. Be there from seven on, even if I'm a bit late. Go on. What are you going to do? I'm going to save the day, Lizzie. And then I'm coming back for you. 
and then? Well, we'll see. And Beam? It's all high. Hmm. It's Marty. You're still in Hong Kong, Marty? How's the fishing? That's what I wanted to talk about. How would your people feel if there was a slight change of plan? Slight? How slight? A change of emphasis. A little reorganization. Smiley wouldn't like that, Marty. Probably not so. But would that really be the end of the world? Jerry made camp on the beach in the cover of a shrub. The sky darkened, the stars came, and not long after moonrise, he saw what he was waiting for. Against the path of the moon, the arched cabin and curled prow of a single sampan. With hardly a splash, two figures entered the water and emerged a few moments later on the shingle below him. Mr. Chu! It's not dead. Plan to kill him. You plan to kill me? No, Mr. Coe, I don't. You Westerby, the English newsman. I have a message from your girl. She says she kept faith. She's on your side. I don't have a side, Mr. Westerby. I am an army of one. What do you want? A deal? Nobody wants a deal. They want a commodity. The deal obtains for them the commodity. They're after Nelson. You mustn't take him back to Hong Kong. They've got him all sewn up. They've got plans that will last him the rest of his life. You too. They're queuing up for both of you. What do you want? Tell me, please. You bought yourself the girl with Ricardo's life. I thought I might buy her back with Nelson's. I'll speak to them for you. I know what they want. They'll settle. <laughs> A settlement, Mr. Westerby. With your people? I made many settlements with them. Well, they told me God loved children. Did you ever notice your God loved an Asian child? They told me God was a guaylo and his mother had yellow hair. They told me... Your brother's boat is right behind you, Mr. Coe. Look. The last junk is pulling back from the rest. Three navigation lights. I have to make a signal. It's all right. Don't panic. I'll help you. Hold the tripod. I got it. Mr. Westerby, I'm advising you sincerely. If you have played a trick on me for my brother Nelson, your Christian Baptist hell will be a very comfortable place for you by comparison with what my people will do to you. But if you help me, I give you everything. This is my contract. I never broke a contract in my life. There. Look. It's him. shang Shu! Keep your voice down. shang Shu! No! Quick! Get back in the boat! Get back in the boat! It's the Yang! What is it? It's the bloody Yang! Where's Tommy? No, you bastard! No! So, 
Nelson landed, mm. Nelson bagged. Not a hair of his head injured. Oh, a splendid effort. They'll have to do something for George, of course. A K, perhaps? Oh, I don't know about that. Not with Westerby. Damn careless. Well, it doesn't matter now. Westerby's dead. And Nelson's in Philadelphia being debriefed as we speak. It's felt, you see, that Nelson will be so much safer in America, physically safer. That's what Martello thought when the processing committee met, and I, I have to say I agree with him. Yes. I imagine the circus will feel rather... Uh... Hard done by... I was going to say betrayed. <laughs> well, they're the experts. I might be moving ministries, you know, as Marty and I have grown so close. I'd heard. Circus might be coming under my jurisdiction. Oh. When will old George be back? Best he has a bit of a rest, don't you think? And Gwillem. They never seem to get on with Gwillem. Oh, that Soviet Don woman, the one who drinks. Can't see the sense, really, in keeping on someone like that. Well, George thought very highly of her. <clears throat> What's your opinion of Sam Collins? Bit of a hustler. Well, it's a virtue, though, these days, isn't it? Cousins seem very enthusiastic. I know they're enthusiastic about you, so... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I think Collins will do nicely. And we really don't want any more Etonians in the circus, do we? Not in this day and age. Nobody heard a word from George. Nobody knew where he was. A holiday, Lakin said. I wondered if he'd gone to Wiltshire to see Anne. And then, one afternoon, I was walking past Bywater Street, and I thought, why the hell not? Hello, George. Oh, this is a surprise. Come in, Peter. You look well. Connie sends her love. Oh, how is she? Busy packing her trunk. How are you? Oh, perfectly all right, thank you. Lakin's been. Oh, that must have been fun. <laughs> we agreed that in the interests of the service, the handover should be as smooth and painless as possible. Sam Collins. Fancy that. I imagine you don't. I made certain requests regarding staff. Lakin noted them. What will you do? Oh, read, walk. I have plenty to occupy myself. It's whiskey, isn't it? No eyes. Thanks. What about Anne? Anne moved out, Peter. I told you. Right. I, I didn't know whether... We're having lunch next month. Cheers. Cheers. If you ever want to talk, George... Oh, there's been enough talking. I honestly do wonder, though, without wishing to be morbid, how I reached this present pass. So far as I can remember of my youth, I chose the secret road because it seemed to lead straightest and furthest towards my country's goal. The enemy in those days was someone we could point at and read about in the papers. Today, all I know is that I've learned to interpret the whole of life in terms of conspiracy. That is the sword I've lived by, and as I look around me these days, Peter, I see it as the sword I shall die by as well. Enderby, Collins, Martello, Lakin. 
These people terrify me. But I am one of them. If they stab me in the back, then at least that is the judgment of my peers. In the final part of The Honourable Schoolboy by John le Carré, Jerry Westerby was played by Hugh Bonneville and George Smiley by Simon Russell Beale. Peter Gwillem was Richard Delane, Lisa Worth, Daisy Haggard, Martello, John Garasio, Enderby, James Lawrenson, Oliver Lakin, Anthony Calf, and Sam Collins, Nicholas Bolton. Connie Sachs was played by Maggie Steed, Drake Coe, David Yip, Charlie Marshall, Paul Courtney Hugh, Mickey, Angelo Paragoso, Ricardo, Chris Pavlo, and Murphy by Joseph Cohen Cole. The Honourable Schoolboy was dramatised by Sean McKenna, and the director was Mark Beebe. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.